Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm Josh, joined today by Zoe Miskelly. Say hello, Zoe Miskelly. I beat you there. She already beat me to it. And Kirsten Rhea. Say hello, Kirsten Rhea. Hello, Kirsten Rhea. I'm going to get better at these intros one day. But today we're going to talk about Assassin's Creed Valhalla because it's the biggest game at the moment. It was announced last week. Kirsten and Scott did a really good first reaction video to it that you should really check out. And Zoe has written an excellent thing about the Viking setting in general. And today we're kind of just going to pick apart not only the gameplay details, but essentially the franchise as a whole. Because it's come a long way since the first installments. And over the past few entries, it has really morphed into something else. And we've got a lot of fan comments and fan questions over on um, the WCGP hashtag, which you can use on Twitter to send us in cues to answer in these podcasts, all about Assassin's Creed. So essentially, we're going to dive into those and then talk a bit generally about where we think the franchise is going, what we think of Valhalla, and uh, whether or not Assassin's Creed has lost its identity. Because that's the biggie. Like, that's the big question that's been going around the office, to be honest. Um, pretty much everyone, even if they haven't played Assassin's Creed in years, seems to have some kind of fondness for it because, you know, the way it blends historical um, realities with sci-fi fiction, it's just a really interesting and dense series to jump into, even if you haven't played a game in years, which I think is the case for, you know, some of us here, that sort of appreciation for it will never go away, I don't think. I just don't think, um, I don't think Assassin's Creed is going to die, to be honest. That's, that's, the, that's the big thing I'm on. <laughs> so we'll start with the first question from someone called Pinky, who says that, given that AC pretty much gave the big middle finger to its early fans in Assassin's Creed 3, could we now see the Desmond timeline finish properly in this era of remakes? I would love to see what Desmond's story could have been. And this, if you don't know, was obviously the thrust thrust of the early Assassin's Creed games. The modern-day elements were all focused around Desmond and his modern-day, you know, search for uh, a fight against the Templars, I mean. And that was finished in Assassin's Creed 3. But since then, they've still more or less toyed with new characters in these modern-day settings. And it's been a big point of contention for everyone, whether or not Assassin's Creed actually needs this story, or whether they should bring Desmond back or anything like that. So what do you guys think? Have you always been a fan of the sci-fi elements, or is that something you've never, you've never really enjoyed? Zoe, what do you reckon? I don't want to get controversial with it, because I think I'm in the minority when I say I really like the sci-fi elements of the sort of series as whole. Um, I think it's very fun just to focus on sort of one bit of history and be like, I just get to kill everyone sort of who hangs around me and me. That's my job. But it's also interesting for it to have more of a 
an overarching thing. And obviously when we talk about the identity of Assassin's Creed, I think it only works if it has this sort of larger storyline. And if you lose that, I think that's when you start to be like, are these just games where I pretend to be an assassin in like random locations <laughs> for a bit and maybe kill Medusa for fun? Um, <laughs> but I, like, I also can't blame people for not wanting it because I can understand how it messes with like the storyline. Kirsten, I do know that you like Bioshock. And I, mm. I know like with that, it's very clever the way that sort of the narrative comes in, but you can kind of ignore it if you want. Whereas I feel mm. like when you're having to go back to this sci-fi hub world, you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Why am I hanging out with all these modern time people when I want to go kill people from two million years ago? Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, like I said, it's it, the, the very first one, it was nice having that sci-fi aspect because it was so different. It was something that we hadn't kind of seen before. So it was nice kind of having been like, oh, you know, this is a person that's being sent back in time and they're trying to sort of gather this information and stuff. However, like that really worked for the first game but obviously it has kind of drifted out with recent games um but i'm not mad at it. it it worked really well in the first one but even with the second game i was already kind of bored of desmond and it was just kind of like oh really you're just doing the exact same thing as pretty much the first game and it was just a lot more enjoyable like you said zoe to be in the game and be in the past doing what you did best, which was being assassin. And every time it kind of brought you back to reality almost um, in this sci-fi future, it was just kind of like, oh, I really, I don't care for this. You know, it's nice to kind of have this backstory and be like, oh, this is what's actually going on behind the scenes. And this is why you're doing what you're doing. But I don't want to play it though. Like I don't want to be going around through these corridors and and seeing this, you know, big sci-fi building. It's like, Eh, that's not of interest to me you know send me back in the game I want to be an assassin that's the whole point of the game it's called Assassin's Creed I want to play as the assassin not some random hooded gentleman that just lays down on a table for most of the game anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's funny right because when I first played the first Assassin's Creed way back when I didn't have any idea about the sci-fi elements so when I booted it up I got a huge huge shock and I was immediately quite against it I was the same as Kirsten I was like I don't want this I want to just be in the historical period, just commit to that. But then I did honestly get won over by Desmond's story by the time you know Assassin's Creed 2 came around, then Brotherhood, then into 3. But I do agree with the, uh, the person who tweeted this in that the end of that story was so bitterly disappointing that it put me off the modern day sections, you know, mm -hmm. forever. And now, for better or worse, I more or less just skim through the modern day sections in every Assassin's Creed now. I have no real fondness for that overarching story. But at the same time, our very own and very great um, editor, George Johnson, pointed out that at this point in time, the, the modern day elements are kind of one of the only things that are distinctly Assassin's Creed about the franchise, because in a lot of other ways, in both gameplay and mechanics, as well as story, it's moved away from, you know, the, the elements that initially defined it. And now that modern day thing is the kind of through line that continues to connect all of these games, because you do have something it might not be as grand as it once was but it, there is something there that you know makes it an assassin's creed game for better or worse and at the moment i don't know how i feel about that because i do mm. like i do love the older games like I, I really really enjoyed what ubisoft has done with it you know recently and i do think valhalla looks awesome but it's, it's almost like it's a completely different series now you know in a way yeah. and it's it's not necessarily a bad thing i don't think growth or change is is bad but it's hard to reconcile that if you have been a long-time fan, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, like you said, um, the, uh, the... I will absolutely need to get that real quick. <laughs> oh, 
Zoe <laughs> is taking a brief hiatus. <laughs> Sorry, Kirsten, go on what you said. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with what you said. Um, like, you, you know, it's, it's definitely taken like a different route. Um, and it, as much as the Desmond sort of storyline for me wasn't that great and I didn't enjoy it, not having that kind of in the new games is is strange because like you said, that was kind of the whole reason as, as to why it was Assassin's Creed. Um, so within the new games, not kind of having these kind of flashbacks or at least kind of saying who it is that we're supposed to be playing as within these people, you know, the pirates or the Vikings. It's sort of, it, yeah, it's definitely, it, it just seems strange kind of having these games and then just kind of sticking Assassin's Creed on top of it and being like, oh yeah, it's carrying on from Assassin's Creed because it just doesn't, they seem like standalone games to me and they could have easily been standalone games and it's almost like they're kind of chucking it into Assassin's Creed to kind of simply just have that title because people are like, you know, they are fond of the series and they know what Assassin's Creed is. So they know people will play it because they want to carry on with that maybe story that they might get, but it doesn't seem like we're getting that. We're not getting any sci-fi elements anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because I wonder how I would feel about it if I did really like those elements. I, the only comparison I can think of that I'm kind of in the opposite camp of, that was a, that was a sentence and a half that was really good, <laughs> well, well articulated, Josh, is um, Call of Duty because those games, I'm in the minority in that I love the campaigns for those games and I realise that so many people, a high percentage of Call of Duty players simply don't touch the story mode, simply don't touch the single player and never play it. And yet if Activision ever used that as a justification to get rid of the campaign like they did with Black Ops 4, like I would have revolted because to me that's mm. part of what I love about the series. So I can kind of see that if you do love the future elements, if you do love the sci-fi elements, that if they did take it, take it away, you would wonder, is this even Assassin's Creed anymore? Why, why am I here if not for this overarching story? And that leads us mm. to the next question actually from A1HA2 who says that, um, in, in response to the reaction video that you did, Kirsten. Um, watching your reaction to the latest AC trailer, how much do you think the games could benefit from dropping the AC moniker altogether and just making games after this release? Wouldn't have to worry about the modern elements then. And I do think, mm -hmm. like, I must, I, I have to assume they were tempted by that, just to mm. drop the Assassin's Creed thing in general. But I, I do think the only reason they're not doing that is because Assassin's Creed sells. Assassin's Creed yeah. is a brand. People love it. Why would you want to mess with that? You know, it, it, I don't think they ever will, but it would have made sense for me that after Origins, there was some kind of rebrand or they just completely cut ties entirely because they, they so, so could go down the, the more RPG elements. I don't know. What would you guys, would you guys be up for that? Like if, if it just became this completely new thing and then... It, perhaps the, the franchise that we have now went back to its roots. I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting topic, though. I think it depends on how... I, going back to what we were talking about before, like you said, like whether you consider Assassin's Creed a story or more like a name that we attach to a specific type of game, if you get me. Um, I, for one, would be really excited to see it go in completely different routes. If we get rid of sort of that regular storyline, then we could take it in whatever way you really wanted to. You could have each game have different mechanics entirely. And that would be, I think, very interesting. Um, but obviously, like you say, people will be very, very angry if they say, hey, you know that game you liked? Ah, we did it again. It's not the same game again. You can't <laughs> it. Um, so it depends essentially on how much they're willing to alienate their existing fan base. And I can't imagine they'd want to just cut that off at the root entirely. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, again, weirdly, going back to the Call of Duty comparison, it reminds me that after Call of Duty 4, when uh, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare was a huge thing, the developers wanted to drop the Call of Duty title and just refer to that franchise as Modern Warfare, so it would just would be Modern Warfare 2. And Activision essentially said, no chance are you doing <laughs> that, because Call of Duty is a brand, Call of Duty sells, people know what it is, there is no way you are dropping that identifier. I think the same thing is for Assassin's Creed, even though they have moved on from what you know they used to be about for the most part, it's, it's more or less an excuse to have a bunch of different fascinating worlds mm-hmm. underneath this one giant banner that will sell a lot of money. Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed at the moment is almost like a genre of games more than it is a specific franchise or story or set of characters and stuff. And I think I'm personally fine with that because the games we have been getting, especially recently, have been good, they've been big, they've been ambitious, they have not um, kind of skimped on the historical depth that's in those games, which has always been the thing that I enjoy as a total idiot who wasn't very good at history in school. Uh, That's always been, that educational element has always been fascinating to me, and the fact that they get to do that in a huge, big blockbuster franchise, I do think has to be championed in a way, because, you know, no one else is kind of willing to take that risk as it were you know we have other viking based games obviously we've got god of war which the new game is obviously going to draw comparisons to but nothing that jumps around in time and dedicates itself so wholeheartedly to these periods like assassin's creed which i've got a champion at the end of the day really i think it's very interesting because it's like the only game where i've seen uh, when people are looking at the trailers they're like oh how accurate is the armor are these thatched roofs aren't the exact same as the type that was in the viking time and i'm like no other game could you conceivably be like, it has to be this accurate, it has to be this perfect. And as much as I think it's good that we expect that much from it, it's really weird because say like, if in Call of Duty, you know, if a house doesn't look like it does in that specific place, you don't say, oh, it's a bad game, it's a bad game for that. <laughs> well, it's so funny you mentioned that because I remember when, when the trailer dropped or was about to drop and we all assumed that it was going to be, you know, Viking based. There was a big... Um, you know, discussion in the office, mostly between Benjamin and Joe Johnson and Ewan, Ewan um, wondering whether or not it would be historically accurate and whether or not, you know, the, the, there could be Vikings in this era or, you know, stuff like that. And that was crazy to me because I was just thinking, oh, I'm sure these swords look quite pretty. That's a nice beard. That <laughs> um, wall paint looks very good. You know, it was completely two different perspectives, but the fact that it can elicit such a response is so awesome. So I guess that's quite a nice little segue into Assassin's Creed and Valhalla itself. Uh, me and Kirsten actually did a breakdown of most of the gameplay details in another video that you can check out over on What Culture Gaming. But I just want to get your guys' kind of like initial reaction to it and how you've kind of um, come around on the idea after a week or so of mulling it over. Because I'm actually so hyped for this. I have been playing Odyssey, like I said in the last video, and it's it's scratched an itch, but I, I wasn't committed to it in the same way I was Assassin's Creed 2 or Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I liked it enough. But seeing the trailer for this, talking about the, the gameplay details and the changes that they're making from Origins of Black Flag to this, they all sound like a step in the right direction and something I am absolutely, absolutely eager to play. The idea of this being more of an RPG where you make choices and stuff, to me, that's exactly what I want to see. I want to be in this setting. I want to be making these difficult choices. And Zoe, I was reading your article on you know Vikings in general, and some of the harsh decisions that I might be making in this game, I don't want to have to sacrifice everyone, <laughs> anyone to just please the my settlement. I don't want to do that, I'm afraid. Like, I'm scared. I'm scared I'm going to have to yeah, I mean, kill the a minute, child. I don't want to do it. The minute- like oh you might have to make harsh decisions like the part of me that got a degree in history was like oh god no not like this (laughs) one game 
because it's not like oh you know oh, i might have to choose between my my lover or my family it's definitely going to be like oh you see this sweet innocent old woman you have to either murder her brutally or everyone's going to hate you good luck fam um <laughs> as much as like i do think people have overly said like oh the viking era it's totally brutal like there's no no possible way that you can look like a good guy there is a lot of chance because um everyone does terrible things in that era um but especially sort of like uh a lot of the rituals they would do are definitely going to get serious serious attention because it's just if they go any way realistic with it and as we've talked about they're going to have to it's going to be so intense i'm very excited but also very scared yeah uh, 100% if- hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Much in the same way, um... In GTA V, that time, the, the really awful torture scene, how everyone was sort of between being like, this is terrible, and like, actually, it's kind of cool. I mm. think it's going to have a bunch of those sort of scenarios. 
so good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It's good that you mentioned sort of like everyone being um, terrible people back then, because that's the thing that kind of um, struck me about what the developers were talking about in terms of the way the factions and the kingdoms in England are set up combined with, you know, what are perceived as the evil invading, you know, Viking army or whatever. Like, that's a part of history that I don't know too much about. When, when you're in school, at least in the UK, when you're in early school, you just get taught, you know, oh, the, the Vikings were a bunch of bad dudes, came, <laughs> did some killing, did some rituals, and we were the good guys and we pushed them away. But the idea of kind of, you mentioned it in the articles, though, which everyone should absolutely check out, uh, that you need to... Um, that some of them formed alliances with some of the kingdoms because, you know, and they were actually fighting Viking on Viking. And it wasn't this kind of uh, one big con- cohesive force. You know I mean? The Vikings weren't all on the same side, essentially. And uh, that mm-hmm. idea of kind of the different kingdoms, the different tribes, the infighting that comes from that, like that to me is so satisfying. I don't know about you, Kirsten, because you haven't played Assassin's Creed. You, you're a lapsed fan from what I know. Is this yes. at all interesting, you know, to you is this enough to get you back in the game as it were uh yeah definitely i mean i haven't played assassin's creed since the assassin's creed 2 because every game since then just hasn't appealed to me it either seemed like it was just dragging on or um it didn't seem to make sense and like i said it was just kind of losing that um assassin's creed feel um however I'm split because this game does look amazing. The whole concept of it, the art, you know, the art style, the visuals of it, the story, the the amount of things that you can do and customize, and just the whole era of, you know, with Vikings and the history and stuff, it's just very appealing to me. So as soon as I, even watching the trailer, like, you know, you'll see me say like, oh, I've got goosebumps because it was just, it was beautiful. It was so amazing to watch. And straight away I was sat there, I was like, I need to play this. This looks incredible. But then there's another part of me that was like, this doesn't seem like Assassin's Creed, though. That's the only sort of that's the only issue I have with it. Is it to me, like you said, it's it's kind of becoming more of a brand, um, which is fine if that's the way that they want to go. I'm all up for it because it is nice just having these, especially like the history of you know Britain and and um, you know stuff like that. It's nice to kind of have something that you can almost relate to in a way because you're like, oh, like you said, I remember learning about that in school, and that's what makes it enjoyable to play. And even if there is harsh decisions and stuff like that, it's it's just so much more. More immersive because you're um you know it's that much more customizable now and um you know that you know one of the games you could play as a, a woman i think was it black flag you was it black flag or odyssey that you could um, play, both yeah. oh, no not both? black flag sorry you can play um odyssey and syndicate i think yeah as either a man or a woman so it's nice to have that. Op- I always like when you have that option to be like a female in it and be able to customize your character because it does feel like that is more like it's more you in that position, making those harsh decisions and 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 reliving this history. Um, but if anything, it's kind of going to make you, you know, even if it's not 100 percent factually correct, um, it kind of makes you want to go off and be like, Oh, this this is really interesting. The whole Viking thing, and who is this um, king? Um, was it Alfred? I think his name is King King Alfred. King Alfred the Great, baby. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, it makes you want to go off and actually, like, you know, learn about it. And if, like, you know, you think, oh, okay, maybe they didn't do the the exact way as it is in the game, you kind of want to learn about it a bit more. So, if that's the way that they want to go with these games, kind of doing more history based things, then I'm all up for it because I love a game that is immersive as well as something that is going to teach you new things and about history and all that sort of stuff so if that's the way they want to go then that's fine but i do still think that they can just do that as standalone games i don't think they need to put assassin's creed on it the you know we've got 
new gen Xboxes and Playstations and everything coming out now that can withstand this amazing visuals. You don't need to slap Assassin's Creed on games that don't really have much to do with the story anymore. I don't know. I'm stuck. I'm stuck between a rock <laughs> and a hard place. <laughs> I think it's a really good point because obviously like they focused on the history because people have had such a good reception to it. But you can't mm. just presume that every player is going to be a big old dork like me and be like, yeah, I want to see realistic Viking fights and sacrifices. <laughs> like a bunch of people do just want sort of a good game and mm. there shouldn't be expectations that the game has to be a certain way just to fit sort of the historical biases that it would have to fit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that brings us on to our final question quite nicely as well from Hippocratic Orth, who says, what features do you want to see from Assassin's Creed Valhalla? How can they evolve on the solid foundations set by Origins and Odyssey? And I think, um, to be honest, everything that they mentioned already about the changes to make the game more immersive are exactly what I want. And that's what kind of why I was jumping off your point there, Zoe, because I do think that Odyssey is a great game from a mechanical standpoint, like the gameplay loop in that and Origins. Um, is so satisfying. Like I had way more fun than I expected to. It was so responsive. The combat was so kind of so much bigger than I remember Assassin's Creed being, and the world was so massive that I um, I found myself just falling head over heels in love with it for a time. What stopped me from properly properly loving it was kind of the 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 UI essentially, the way that your character was leveled up, the fact that everything was kind of gated off, and you were more or less as the game went on just ticking boxes and moving on and then ticking the same boxes and moving on. And while it was fun for a time, I couldn't stomach 100 hours of it. And I do think what they're, what they're changing this time around with trying to make the world itself more immersive by getting rid of those markers and having you explore it by um, identifiers and signifiers in the world, removing the, the strict level barriers, making gear more unique and therefore more personal, something you could actually upgrade and kind of make your own and distinct your own character rather than just discard and move on to the next thing with bigger numbers and shinier colors. I think that is a huge step in the right direction and will ultimately stop the um, kind of stop the series from feeling a bit stale or like it's re repeating what other games like The Witcher 3 have done. And I do think that's a better way to merge the, the dense history with a solid gameplay foundation because then it is more entwined. They aren't necessarily separate things. You can then kind of mesh them together in a way that might make people who don't really care too much about the historical accuracy go, hang on, this is very fascinating because it links with the mechanics and people like me, I guess, who were more there because I'm interesting this interest in the setting to then be like, well, this this leads itself to epic choices or a great settlement building system or some lovely, lovely gear that I can upgrade and that sort of informs informs the systems better, I suppose, makes them more coherent, makes them more synergized, and hopefully will make for a better game. I can't believe I'm this excited for it, to be honest. I never thought I was <laughs> going to be. I remember when Scott always told me to watch the trailer, and I was like, ah, all right, I will. It's just another Assassin's Creed, isn't it? But it might not be. It might not just mm. be another Assassin's Creed, which is the thing I'm most excited for. But what do you guys want to see kind of features-wise, either something they've already mentioned or something you would love them to include? Yeah, no, I'm I'm honestly happy with everything they've mentioned. Everything from what I've seen is all the things that I look for in a video game. And the main aspect is the customization. The fact that so much of um, not only your settlement, but your armor, your boats, your pet, like your character, um, the story, everything seems to be customized to how you want it to be. You have so many decisions and, and things that you can change. And that's one of the main things that I look for in, in a game. If you can customize it to make it that much more immersive, to make it feel like you're 
been put in that position, that's like a huge yes for me. So yeah, everything that they've mentioned from the game so far, I'm 100% happy with. And yeah, I'm like you said, Josh, I'm, I'm way more excited for it than I thought I would be. I didn't even know that there was going to be a new one until I watched the trailer. And now I'm like mind blown. It's like, yes, give me it now. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so happy about all the hype, man, because the minute I heard it was going to be about Vikings, I was like, if this goes wrong, there's so much content I want to do about this that I'll never get to. <laughs> um, but going on what you guys have said, I think the settlement thing is especially interesting to me because it could it could just be like, oh, you have buildings now. Look, these buildings are yours and not just buildings that you walk past. But I'd be very interested to see if there's sort of that personalization aspect with that. So say like maybe your decisions sort of affect how big your settlement is, sort of you know, the people in it, who lives, who dies. Um, I know it could easily just be like, oh, you can be good or you could be evil, but I think it'd be very interesting if it was sort of more a realistic look in how you have to make awful choices that will affect how everyone's lives go, basically. Yeah, I know that you played more of Origins than you have um, Odyssey, and this is the team that made Black Flag and Origins, so, like, specifically judging that game, like, what do you want to see them improve from what their first attempt was, essentially, in a modern-day um, Assassin's Creed? See, I've been thinking about it more in terms of Odyssey, because I keep thinking, like, are they going to have supernatural stuff in it? Because that's right. the only thing that I think could go so wrong, because, obviously, we're going to compare it to God of War, but we're going to compare it to God of War even more if there's anything vaguely similar to it in it. So, like, probably a bad idea to have giants. Probably a bad idea to have most of the gods or have them in specific ways. So I'm I'm very cautious about that aspect because that is the way that it could go way south. Mm. Well, Zoe, I hate to break it to you. I, really I know Odin's supposed to be in it, but he's also kind of not in it because he might be in an assassin. This is my yes, only this thing. Is, this is the thing. They, they, they said that, um, or at least it was rumoured, uh, that it was going to have more supernatural elements than even Odyssey. But yes, will that link in actually to like the Assassin's Creed heritage? Will it be... Altair's Odin or something like that, something crazy that sort of, you know, shakes up the mythology and uh, makes it distinctly Assassin's Creed, I suppose, because obviously this is going to get, like you said, um, direct comparisons to God of War. My first thought when I heard last year when the game was rumoured to be um, like Viking set, I just thought, why? I've got my fill of that. God of War is one of the best games of a generation and absolutely scratches that itch. So why would I want um, an imitator? And I do think if they treat the supernatural stuff, as I'm sure they will, with um, kind of by linking it to prior Assassin's Creed lore and mythology and kind of subverting expectations in that way, I think they could pull it off, but it is, it is the fine line to tread, I must admit, 100%. Mm. I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, I just I want to fly around as the Raven, okay? I like doing that, and honestly, I just like chilling out as the Eagle, going around, plonking people from above. It's good fun, man. It's good fun. I'm pleased that they're not including too much boat combat by the sounds of it, because I know a lot, that might be controversial. I know a lot of people love the naval warfare um, from Black Flag onwards, but for me, I could just I could never get away with it. It was never fun to me, even though the mechanics were probably as good as they could have been that idea of living out an almost pirate fantasy like that that never appealed and i realize mm -hmm. i am in the minority but i am pleased that they're pairing back that a little bit i don't know what you guys mm -hmm. think about that kind of stuff whether or not you think that's integral 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 <laughs> to what modern assassin's creed is i don't know 
yeah no i i'm 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 with you the whole pirate thing and um battling battle battles at sea um just it's just one of those things that just didn't appeal to me that much um and i'm hoping they don't focus too much on it but from the the sounds of things they aren't going to anyway so maybe they did kind of pick up on the fact that people weren't enjoying it as much as they thought they were um i'm sure we probably will see some aspects of it just because you know it's vikings they you know and they showed it in the trailer with the big swarm of fiery arrows and stuff so i'm sure there's going to be elements whether it's through cutscenes or um in the actual gameplay but um yes i'm hoping that they don't focus too much on it which from the sounds of it they aren't going to because yeah it just i don't think it appealed to a lot of people yeah i mean i struggle to control any kind of boat in any video game i don't know if it's like <laughs> they are difficult to control or if i've just specifically cursed to look at a boat in a game and be like nope simply can't but even though i love vikings i was like can we just can we skip that bit can we skip a bit with it you just get out of the boat and then into the boat. Is that, is mm. that okay? <laughs> Zoe, um, to finish this podcast, I want to ask you something. Because the, the, the big joke everyone's being say, everyone has said since the game uh, released its trailer is that how can Vikings be assassins when they are notoriously the most brutish, loud, horrifying, you know, uh, people from history? You know what I mean? Like, they are notoriously not subtle when it comes to murdering and rituals and stuff like that. And yet... We saw a Viking with a hidden blade, which got a huge pop out of me, I must admit. But yeah, how does how is this going to work? And will this be the thing that allows it to keep its identity? And is this the sort of link, the uh, the explanation, as it were, to sort of prove why this needs to be an Assassin's Creed game? Well, firstly, I, I sort of cover some of the assassinations that happen in Viking times in that, in that article. Um, but also, importantly... I think it's worth explaining in terms that I had this explained uh, when I started doing medieval history, which is that my lecturer sat me down and explained that basically there is, there is no like, there is no assassin sort of thing per se in Viking times. It's just that some people were less honest about liking murder and some people were more honest about liking murder. And a lot of the people who were less honest would assassinate you. Uh, so <laughs> the Vikings are less brutal hardcore people are more like very honest in the fact that they'd be like, oh, I just like you. So I'm going to, you know, hit you with my axe instead of just poisoning your drink or something. Uh, so I think it would fit well. It's just obviously there will be a lot more battles because they can. Of course, mm. of course. That's what they, they love doing it from what I've heard. You know, I've got a, I've got a Viking friend, you know what I mean? He says he loves, he loves, he loves the bloodshed, loves the crack. Uh, yeah, I want to know what you guys think down in the comments below. Are you looking forward to Assassin's Creed Valhalla? And what do you think of the franchise retaining its identity? Do you think that they even, even need to be called Assassin's Creed games anymore? Or could they just have a fresh break and start a new subseries away from the history that precedes it? Either way, while you're, oh, you're not down there. Or are you down there? Yes, you are on YouTube. We are doing these on YouTube now. Either way, while you are down in the comments, can you leave us a like, share, subscribe, and head over to whatculture.com for more listings like this every single day. Even if you don't, I've been Josh. Thank you for tuning in to the What Culture Giving podcast. I have been joined today by Zoe Miskelly. Hey. And Kirsten Rhea. See you later. And we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.